Student Union by James Holden. I caught sight of myself almost naked in the mirror earlier today. If I'm honest, it was more of a deliberate peek. I'd just arrived at the hotel, you see, and I thought I'd have a shower before I was due to be picked up. I didn't like what I saw, though. My hair has started to recede, and I've acquired bags under my eyes that look large and almost droopy. My body is no longer supple, my chest hair is turning white, and I seem to be developing breasts. What I think tonight's audience would call moobs, if I have the terminology correct. Thin, spindly legs emerge from old man's wifeless. However, I just can't help but feel that I could be doing much worse. My stomach hasn't yet begun to take over my frame. I possess just a small paunch, well, for the time being anyway. And when I concentrate, I can still get a decent erection without recourse to chemical stimulants. Do you know what I discovered earlier today that you can buy at service station toilets? Herbal Viagra. When I first started out in rep, you were lucky if the local boozer sold condoms. I met the entertainment liaison officer in the hotel reception at 7.30, as instructed. Uh, Natalie, she was called. Following the emails we had traded, I imagined her to be slim and pouty. Instead, she looked like the most joyless individual I've ever come across. She wore thick-rimmed glasses and a shapeless black turtleneck that looked designed to put the opposite sex off from making even the most cursory attempt to flirt. Welcome to Hull. She consulted her watch, her clipboard, and then her watch again. I've got a taxi waiting outside to take us to the student union. We spoke a little during the brief journey. I asked her what she was studying, and then I asked her if she used to watch Grange Hill. Oh, yes. I used to really enjoy watching it. I was brought up in Harrogate. I used to think that all schools in cities were like that. Don't you think that sort of environment must be terribly distracting for the pupils, she said, earnestly. Well, I, I wasn't intimately involved with the research for the script, so, although I did quite a lot of preparation and studying for my role. Were you a particular fan of Mr. Jones, I said, puffing out my chest slightly? She checked her watch and the clipboard before turning to face I can't really say I remember you in it, to be honest. Maybe you were before my time. I'm sure that you must recognise me. I played the part of Mr Jones, a history teacher, for five years. He represented a more liberal approach to education and had several notable clashes with Mr Bronson. <laughs> I, I, I had initially tried to play the role suggesting there was some sexual tension between my character and the headmistress, Mrs McCluskey but the producers hadn't been keen on my idea. Mr Jones eventually departed after getting a supply teacher pregnant. <laughs> an ending that I always thought was well, slightly unfitting. Natalie proceeded to ask me whether I had had the opportunity to enjoy Hull. <laughs> Although apart from Godber's Theatre, I'd struggle to name any obvious charms. If I'm honest, by this point I'd started to lose my patience with her. 
So I put my hand on her knee and asked her why she had chosen to book me if she thought that I was before her time. She lifted my hand at the wrist and placed it on my own knee and smiled. If I'm honest, Mr. Flanders, Keith Harris and Orville were our first choice, but they weren't available. When we arrived at the Student Union, Natalie led me into the dressing room, if you can call it that. It seemed to be a small meeting room to one side of the dance floor with a table and chairs that had been pushed to one side. Breeze box had been painted a pale yellow colour, presumably to try and cheer the room up. But if I'm honest, the overall effect was more Guantanamo than Old Vic. Is there anything I can get you to drink, Mr Flanders? Well, a pint would be nice. Bitter if you have any. She came back a few minutes later holding a couple of plastic glasses containing fizzy lager, each with a large frothy head. I'm terribly sorry, but the bitter doesn't appear to be on tonight. All alcopops these days, I suppose. Tell me, how did you become the, uh, the uh, entertainment liaison officer? I nodded. Well, it's an elected post, but no one else seemed to put in nomination papers. Student apathy, eh? Well, not quite. The athletics union post was very hotly contested. And was the successful candidate as earnest as you? Well, the girl they elected, well, I'll put it this way, she's, she's blonde with big, you know, and she, um, well, there were rumours that she dis dispenses her favours easily. Not that I like to gossip. I see, I said, sitting forward. And will there be an opportunity to meet the rest of the student <laughs> union team? She looked down at her watch. Mm, I don't think so. I'll come and collect you in ten minutes. It would be great if you could perhaps shout at some of the students as they come in. Generally act like a teacher. I'm sure you know the kind of thing. I put my hand up. I'll stop you there, Natalie. Uh, you obviously don't remember my character. I, I was a much more liberal personality, and I don't think that the people here would appreciate it if I were to step... At, You're meant to be a teacher. Just shout at them, yeah? She said, and walked out. This was the first time that I had performed at a student union disco. My agent has been struggling to get me work for a while, and I... I haven't really had a role on television since I played a cadaver on Waking the Dead. <laughs> Apparently this is all the rage now. Minor celebrities from children's television or faded pop stars going around student unions to be leered at by drunken students. Mr. Bronson is very much in demand, so I'm told. We used to look forward to productions of Waiting for Godot or The Moody Blues when I was studying. But now it seems like it's all irony and taking the proverbial... Natalie got me to stand by the cloakroom, just in front of the entrance to the main room. Loud music washing over me as the doors opened and closed. I was wearing a tweed jacket, a Grange Hill badge pinned to the lapel, and corduroy trousers with a shirt and tie. The university students filed past me, and I told them to behave, or to be quiet, or not to run in the corridors. <laughs> People stood next to me and took pictures on their phones. Better, better than being ignored, I suppose. I don't know if you've ever been to a school disco, although it's far from my idea of a fun evening. The girls were damned attractive. 
It's like they flouted all the uniform rules you could possibly think of. Their skirt hems graced the tops of their thighs, and their blouses were open low to show off their cleavages. I did shout at one girl, who was rather large, that her skirt was too short. No one wants to see that much flesh, flesh as she had on display. If I'm honest, though, evenings like this were not how I saw myself when I was a brother. <laughs> After I'd finished my performance, which was distinctly out of Mr. Jones's character, I returned to my dressing room, where Natalie had deposited another two pints of frothy lager. My ears were ringing, perhaps not surprising, given that I had had to stand centre stage, escorted on by two girls who were again dressed in school uniform, and whose contribution to the evening can perhaps best be described as podium dancing. <laughs> so grateful was I for some peace and quiet that I downed half the first pint and was just opening the packet of crisps that was going to have to substitute for my evening dinner when there was a knock at the door. Come in, I said, expecting it to be the perpetually sour Natalie. Instead, a girl in school uniform stepped in. She was slightly taller than I was, possibly because of the high heels she was wearing. She had blonde hair that had been pulled into bunches, freckles that had been drawn onto her cheeks. Only the middle two buttons of her blouse were done up, revealing a flat, tanned stomach and a generous view of her breasts. Hi, I'm a member of the Student Union Council. I'm responsible for athletics. But I wanted to come and say thank you on behalf of the students, she said, walking into the room with a swagger. Well, thank you for your gratitude, I said, smiling broadly, feeling slightly dizzy from the alcohol. She started to move in closer. I can think of a better way to show our gratitude, she said, bending down slightly and planting a large kiss on my cheek. Suddenly, her mouth was on mine, and I slipped my arm around her waist, kissing her back deeply. Then there was a flash and a clicking noise next to us, and when I opened my eyes and turned round, there was a boy stood there with his phone in his hand. What the is that? I spluttered as she pulled away from me. She blew me a kiss before running off into the corridor. I did it! I could hear her shouting. I said I'd get a snob with Mr. Bronson. <laughs> by Sam Taradash, Samuel Taradash, I should say. And it's, uh, it's a story which he has written. He's normally um, someone who produces live stories uh, like ourselves. Raised in the American Southwest, Samuel Taradash currently lives in London, where he divides his time between writing, so-called real work, and an irrational nostalgia for Japan. He's currently involved in the episodic Literary Variety Night the special relationship, and is working on a novel. And Monitor by Samuel Taradash will be read by Ben Crystal. Monitor 